Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Christmas to everybody out there, and uh, if you're not a Christmas person, then happy holidays, or whatever you uh, celebrate, happy that to you. What, three more shopping days till Christmas? And then the big days here. I didn't do too much Christmas stuff over the weekend. Yeah, I did. Um, I essentially worked on a script. Um, reshooting this video is like, I don't want to say it's taken over my life, but as you solve all the problems to, um, to producing it, um, you know, you, you come back to the script so you're, you know, you, you want it to be good and, and all of that. And so, uh, all of, I, I'm comfortable with the video except, <laughs> except me being 63 in the video. Um, I'm, uh, the audio is good. And, uh, so really the only thing left to do is, is shoot it. So I sat down and I, I shot like the first 30 minutes of it and then, I thought, you know, I want to tighten up the script. So what that meant was going through every slide. And let me look and see how many how many slides there are in the in the presentation. Um there's a lot, I know. There are 200 slides. And what I would call um the first um the first part of it is uh about 80 of those slides yeah so um and then 
in the notes section, right, you kind of go in and you organize it so that there's the it automatically places a picture of the slide. And then really what I try to do for myself is um is it's the first thing that I'll say. Literally the the phrase that, that gets me into the whole progression of that slide. And then that's what I try to put in all the bullet points, which is the phrase that leads me to say something, right? These words lead me to say something. And so um so going through all that scrubbing it, color coding some of it, turning keywords red, other key phrases blue. Um, and so you'll know what to emphasize when you do it. So that took probably, those 80 slides took a good day and a half. Um, and so I'm ready to just now just rehearse with that. And then uh, at some point, probably later on this week, we'll shoot, reshoot the first hour. Um, the other, um, really cool thing that happened to me over the weekend is, um, people are starting to find post-traumatic winning that aren't affiliated with the military. Uh, some of the people are coaches, uh, life coaches and stuff. And they were pretty, um, um, they were, uh, pretty impressed by it. Uh, really impressed by it dare I say. And so I'm, uh, you know, so I'm, I, I had a, a conversation with one of them and we'll have another one pretty soon, follow up with it about, you know, putting something together that does training for coaches and, um, and maybe develop some sort of certification that they could be certified in post-traumatic winning. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that uh, that would be that'd be really cool to, to train trainers. Uh, my own opinion is, and again, it's a whole issue of quality, right? My own opinion is that uh, I think people need they they need more coaching than they do therapy. My opinion, if you look at if you study this and you know what a serious mental illness is um and you if you ask somebody who was struggling and said hey if i could arrange it for you to sit down and talk about this stuff and i can fairy dust all the embarrassment away of uh with your best teacher or your best coach would you want to do it and you know what the answer would be right oh my god of course i'd love to and so, um, so anyway, um, at least I think that's what, I mean, because those are people that change your life. They're interested in your life and all that kind of stuff. So I, um, so I, um, I think that would be my own opinion is I don't know if therapists ultimately make good coaches. And I think people need more of a coach than they do a therapist, if that makes sense. Um, and so, um, so I think it's, I mean, so pretty exciting for me, uh, to do that. And then talk to some people who saw me speak last week and are, uh, excited, uh, about doing something for units that they lead, 
you know, what do you recommend? And, and so I was talking to one, I said, well, what do you think? I mean, what would you like them to see? What would you like them to hear, you know, before they hear uh, the whole presentation? And I said, so tell me what it is. And then if I don't have it, then let's make it. You know, maybe, um, maybe what it is is a conversation between you and I. You can, you know, you can ask me a question. And, um, and we'll just have a conversation and it can be 10 or 15 minutes and that is kind of a, it would be a teaser, you know, to get them to listen and, you know, to kind of start a conversation. And he was like, wow, well, hell, I, we could do that. What would, what would I have to do? I said, you'd have to get on the phone with me. You know, we do a Skype call because uh, Skype audio is better. He was like, wow. He goes, all right, well, let me give that some thought. He goes, hell, I thought it was hard. I'm like, no, not hard, not hard. The biggest thing, it should be a familiar voice, so it should be your voice, right? And then it should just be a conversation, you know, between you and me. And it should be funny, should be engaging, all designed to kind of draw them in. He was like, he goes, that would be perfect. And I said, all right, well, figure out what you want to do and let me know, and then, you know, we'll kind of, create a little script and uh and we'll go down that road he goes wow he said this is going to be good i can feel it i said yeah now I, I i told him i said let me just tell you when you begin to go down this road and and you start to change people's lives it's it's um it's a really cool experience uh because you know i think uh as you saw at the presentation last week you know we're all dealing with it we just we're just kind of pretending like we're not and that's how uh that's how we get through but it certainly doesn't help it certainly doesn't help so um so yeah so it's a pretty cool weekend uh spent in the post-traumatic winning cone of silence really um yeah i mean i don't think i i don't think i left (laughs) i didn't leave my house other than to go uh Walked the dogs for a few miles, and uh, so I did that. Other than that, I I just spent most of it working. And um, so uh, good Monday morning to everybody. Uh, You're going to hear Grant Newsham here in a little bit. Uh, You know, I'm kind of curious about Grant's thoughts about this whole Russian hacking thing. And I said last week, and and, and I believe it, that... There's a classified and an unclassified version of the damage that was done. And um, so far, I haven't seen the classified version leaked. And, you know, what what is that? Right? What is that? How much damage was actually done? And so... Um, Nobody's saying, nobody's talking about that right now, as I w- you would hope they would not. And uh, but I would I would venture to say, based on what I've read, that the damage is much more substantial than anybody's letting on to. Um, and um, and so we've talked about this before, but so you attack another nation like that. 
at what point, right? And then, but you stand up in public and say, yeah, we didn't do anything. But the intelligence community here in the United States or whatever nation was affected said, no, we know it was them. That's just okay? So an electronic attack, because it was done through the internet and because we say we didn't do it, that that didn't happen? Sounds crazy, right? So you can go in there and you can intrude... At what point, right? At what point does it become a hostile act by another nation? So I don't. Um, I want to talk to. I want to. I want to get Grant's an Intel guy by trade. Um, when you have evidence that that is overwhelming. And you put it together and you say, yeah, they did it. This is who did it. This is where it came from. What's the difference between that and, um, you know, shooting a missile? A missile is just an overt attack where this is covert. And, you know, a covert tree that falls in the woods doesn't really fall because it doesn't really make a sound. Oh, no, it fell. It fell. So, um, so I'm interested, I'm interested to talk about, uh, to talk about this. So, um, so Grant will, Grant will, uh, join us here in a little bit after we check the news and, and we'll talk to him about that. But, uh, and then this week, um, I'm excited because, uh, doing post-traumatic winning Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, uh... In fact, while you're listening to this, uh, I'll be headed down to Camp Pendleton to uh, to do post-traumatic winning. So I'm excited to do that and uh, uh, do it once today, three times tomorrow, and then once on Wednesday. And uh, so it's... Uh, so th- those are always uh, great weeks because I get a chance to meet um, young people that are um, struggling. Young people that are struggling. And um, and you get a chance to touch their lives. So um, it's one of, the, like I always say, it's one of the coolest things you can do. And so whenever I get a chance to do it, I'll get a chance to do it after the first of the year. Um, so looking forward to that. And, uh, so it's just, uh, so it goes, so it goes. And so hopefully, you know, and, uh, and then the rest of this week, tomorrow, you're going to hear, uh, an interview I did with Bing West about his, his new book called the last platoon. And so, uh, Bing West, the man who needs no introduction, uh, when you're talking about things Marine and, and, uh, Bing, in my lifetime, is certainly the most prolific writer uh, about things marine um, that, uh, you know, in, in my lifetime. So, uh, so and then uh, we'll talk to him about some current events, too. Uh, get his thoughts on, uh, on, the, on some current events, our departure from Afghanistan. And, and also, you know, Bing's, um, you know, I mean, he rose to prominence 
uh, writing about Vietnam, the Combined Action Platoon Program, uh, the hearts and minds uh, of the Vietnam War. And so uh, we'll uh, ask him about those things relative to Afghanistan and get his thoughts on those things. So, uh, and normally, you know, Bing, not afraid to have an opinion. So uh, so we'll see what he has to say. And then we'll, ha- we'll get the Mensa brothers on a day early and leave them alone on Christmas Eve. So, uh, and then normally what we'll do, I'm not sure if we'll do it this week or next, but kind of the year in retrospect, you know, the biggest stories of, um, the biggest stories of the year. What do you think they were in your mind and kind of, uh, kick that around and, uh, and get everybody's thoughts about the biggest stories and then, uh, make it, and then. Make people make predictions. Predict something for 2021. And, uh, I mean, hopefully it can't be as bad as this year. Uh, This year has been awful in terms of the country and morale and the whole COVID thing and isolation. And, oh, my God, just can somebody make it stop? And so hopefully uh, the Moderna vaccine approved over the weekend and so that will begin to roll out. That a much more user-friendly um, vaccine as it does not have to be refrigerated at 80 degrees below uh, in degrees Fahrenheit. So, um, yeah, so it can be, you know, sent to more rural places, places that don't have the kind of refrigeration that you need to uh, do the Pfizer vaccine. So... And again, uh, you know, I think everybody's hope is that we vaccinate those most vulnerable and um, and then we're able to get kids back at school, protect the, you know, the people who need to be protected and then begin to take the clamps off the economy. And, uh, you know, because, you know, people are just businesses are dying and, you know, you're seeing more and more frustration um, uh, around the country. And, uh, so I think it's, uh, extremely justified. I think the, the people that, you know, run our communities, uh, around the country, uh, have not done well, have not done very well. And, um, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, we're, we're having to invent surge capacity. And, I just, I mean, I think prudence dictated that with some of that money that you got sent as a county, as a city, that you probably should have heeded Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks's warnings that every one of these things gets worse during the winter. But it doesn't seem like anybody did that. And it seemed like the primary course of action was to shut shit down. I, and for the life of me, I, I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. So... Um, so hopefully in, you know, in the spring, you know, we'll see the people that need to be protected, get protected and then, uh, and, and, and the economy can begin to get moving again. Right. And then, I mean, to me, the other still unresolved question is at what point does the UN (laughs) or somebody investigate this, have a international commission to investigate this and to hold the, the Chinese accountable for what they did. 
I mean, look at the economic impact of their negligence as a nation. Not shutting down the Wuhan airport. You know, I, I mean, to me, that's just, oh, hey, we're sorry, our bad, and everybody's good with that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And so, anyway, um, we'll have a new president here. Um, you know what's interesting is is to not have the president in the United States in the news. I mean, when you look at, it's almost weird that Donald Trump not in the news. And Joe Biden, he's not in the news very often, and which is weird. And so um, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how that how that works, uh, because I think that, you know, Joe Biden, I don't think you need to be a, a great media watcher to observe that he's been given a pass. The guy doesn't get asked hard questions. You know, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? Right. And uh, that's not something we're familiar with. <laughs> You know, that's in the last four years. Just hasn't happened. So uh so so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. Um and how long does that little honeymoon last before people get, you know, tired, before people do start holding him accountable? And, you know, truth be told, you know, he doesn't he doesn't stand up to it very well. And so it'll be very it's gonna be very interesting. Um and again, I know a lot of people, you know, they don't want to look at his son, but his son has been a disaster most of his adult life. And when the white hot spotlight gets shoved up that kid's ass, at some point they're going to find some really, really bad stuff. And it's going to be stuff that the president says, yeah, I didn't know about it. Well, and then it's going to, then they're going to be able to link it to him. So, um, Anyway, I think you got a 50-50 shot to see President Harris here in the not-too-distant future. That's just my own personal opinion um, because I think his kid's a train wreck. And I think his kid, um, if you look at the way that kid is run fast and loose around the world, in my opinion, it's only a question of time. It's only a question of time till uh, something connects you know, his father with him and something that's pretty shady. And uh, I don't know. Now, and I'm not that partial to flying the black helicopter, chartering the uh, black helicopter on a Monday morning. But, uh, I again, I just, to me, where you see a disaster, most of the time that when people start flipping over rocks, it it gets ugly. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah, as long as we're making predictions. Um, yeah, I've got to think about mine. Top, What do you think this top story of the year was? Um, top stories. When was Soleimani killed? Qasim Soleimani. When was he killed? January 3rd, 2020. Was that the biggest story of the year? Uh, if you're a Marine, was the, was the arson of the Bonhomme Richard? Is that the biggest story of the year? 
Um, what are the biggest stories of the year? So we'll have to kick th- we'll have to kick that around uh, this week, and uh, and we'll get the we'll ask the Mensis brothers what do they think, and uh, and find out what they think. Kind of the year in retrospect, and then and the next next week, what we'll probably do is is make predictions for twenty twenty one. Three predictions, three predictions for twenty twenty one. Let them uh, let them get their crystal balls out. Uh, that's always fun. So uh, anyway, on a Monday uh, that I'm doing post-traumatic winning that I'm excited about, uh, good morning to you. The United States Marine Corps Band makes it official. Good morning. Dedicated to my old battalion, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. Um, and uh, I head down there to uh, do post-traumatic winning. And I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, the Marine's going to speak. Uh, that spoke um, before. Uh, and I uh, get a chance to uh, see him again. And uh, he started listening to All Marine Radio at the suggestion of somebody after something really tough happened in his life. And, um, and so, um, I'm looking forward to it, get to do it with, uh, uh, they're going to do a spouse's presentation. So I always look forward to doing that. So, uh, it's dedicated to an, uh, an exciting week, um, with, uh, my old battalion, the first battalion I ever joined. And that is, uh, the first battalion of the fifth Marine regiment. So there you go. <laughs> Oh! 
You're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that, thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't. We don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago: persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Time for us to check the weather. Uh, currently in Quantico, cloudy and 42. Down the coast of Kent Lejeune, it is cloudy and 48. In 29 Palms, it is sunny and 47. Camp Pendleton reports sunny and 51. In Honolulu, Hawaii, the home of Kent Smith. The Hawaiian Islands. It is dark, cloudy, and 75. Okinawa, dark, cloudy, 61. Down under in Darwin, dark, cloudy, 81. So Darwin bounced back after a little bit of a cool snap. And up in Norway, it is dark as we approach the shortest day of the year here in a couple hours, in a couple of days. It is dark, cloudy, and 39. Here at the home of All Marine Radio. About an hour earlier, because I'm recording this this morning, than I would normally do it. It is sunny and 49 degrees. Like, what is that about? Huh? Yeah, no kidding. Looking for a high of 75 today, though. That's nice. Um, tomorrow, 66. On Wednesday, 73. Christmas Eve. 71 and Christmas Day, a beautiful 67 degrees. There you have it. That is a look at your weather here on a Monday edition of All Marine Radio. I had to think about it for a second. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and do the news. Whatever you do, don't touch that dial. More of All Marine Radio coming up next right here on your home for it. The one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make veterans know just how much we appreciate their service. 
please visit www.volunteer.va.gov. What will you do? Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom I know, you know, I feel bad. I mean, I don't know why I missed out on the Christmas music this year. Overwhelmed by the COVID thing and the other craziness of life that I missed the chance to inject some some humor that's not really like me I normally find a way to like use my sense of humor to ingratiate myself to people right my kids hate that my kids hate that I'm funny yeah they do and I tell them look I'm not like normal funny I'm like professional grade funny okay they're like, oh, my God, stop it already. Yeah, they hate it, but it is what it is, right? And, I, yeah, I kind of missed, uh, I kind of, yeah, normally, I don't know why it would occur to me, like, hey, man, let's roll it out. Maybe I haven't seen a lot of it, like, in the culture around me, so I had no reminder. Um, so... I have to talk to you uh, about, like, I've, I've been going down, like doing something I've really never done in my life, and that is, like, science fiction. Yeah, I kind of OD'd on science fiction the last, uh, over the weekend. Uh, House OMAC. Well, I started listening to Slaughterhouse-Five, right? and so uh, Kurt Bogganotz, uh, and, I, and, I and I was encouraged to listen to it um, by my co-writer, Stacy, who likes science fiction. And she says, Mac, all the cool kids like science fiction. I said, I don't think that's true. <laughs> it's a nice thought. I don't think it's true. And so we got to discuss, uh, we got to discussing about Bogganaut and storytelling and, and fiction. Bing West book, The Last Platoon, you'll hear Bing tomorrow. But he chooses fiction as a literary vehicle. So I was talking about that. So I took up binge watching at somebody's behest, The Mandalorian. Okay. And so this happened to me last week. And if you didn't hear the story, it went like this. I mean, at the end of post-traumatic winning, somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you should really check out The Mandalorian. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, your path. He said, and I thought you were going to go there with this. I said, yeah, I'm not Mandalorian savvy. He said, there's a phrase in The Mandalorian 
that they say, the Mandalorians say, this is the way, right? They are a warrior service tribe in this Disney Star Wars thing, right? Very popular, um, I don't know what you call those things, series. So <laughs> while I had heard of it i didn't you know i didn't know what it was i don't watch i don't tend to watch episodic tv like that i watch sports i'll watch some movies with my daughter colleen and Catherine, and we have rules on how we select movies they have to be academy award winners so i tend not to binge watch you know tv shows uh, it's not something that i do i do other things from, with my time um like watch watch sports. So, um, yeah, so for me, when I do, when I am able to watch television, I mean, it's kind of escape stuff for me. So, but I thought, you know what? I need to, I need to, I'll give it a chance. Okay. Now, I thought, I finished watching The Mandalorian last night. And I guess for Star Wars geeks, they lost their mind because... Mark Hamill, it's not really Mark Hamill because what it, how old's Mark Hamill now? 70. Somebody playing Mark Hamill shows up, right? Somebody playing Luke Skywalker <laughs> joins the set at the end, right? And it looks pretty bleak. It looks pretty bleak. And, um, and, all of a sudden, they start seeing this hooded figure, and it's like, whoa, who's that? Is that Darth Vader? It could only be two people, right? Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. Who is this? So anyway, it winds up being Luke Skywalker. So evidently, the Star Wars folks lost their minds over that. Um, but the Mandalorian, right? Um and but I, I I will tell you this I do not have a whole lot of tolerance for and this would be my criticism of the whole series way too much shooting with you know space blasters and shit and too little plot yeah that would be my criticism of the series in general I don't have a whole lot of tolerance for like you know you know laser blasters or whatever they shoot at each other and. You know, the army of the dudes in the white, like, plastic shit, I imagine, you know, their uniforms aren't really plastic. There's some kind of composite material. Just an observation about those guys. They have to be the most inept army, oh, I, I would say, in the galaxy. <laughs> but I don't is that the right term? You know, in a galaxy far, far beyond. Like, I don't know, whatever, whatever, like, outer space, the cosmos is, right? Yeah, whatever that is, that's what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, so I, it's long on blasting and stuff, and I thought it was relatively short on plot. My favorite of the whole thing, right, is the Mandalorian dude, right? He's this warrior guy. And he befriends this Yoda-like little kid figure. So it's, yeah. The best part of the whole series is their interaction. 
as he parents this, he's not really a parent. And he becomes kind of a, the caretaker of this little Yoda guy. And, uh, and the Yoda thing's really cute. And so, um, yeah, the Mandalorian, Mando, as he's known to some people. I don't know if you could just straight up like call him like, hey, Mando, what did you call me? Yeah, he's kind of an official guy like that. Um, I don't know if you could just like rip off Mando, but um, not a hugely popular series. So I watched it. Yeah. And I, I don't have high tolerance for science fiction. It loses my interest very quickly when it goes like space age gizmo like mode. So to me, the science fiction part of telling a story that's a very compelling story. But to me, the flaw in The Mandalorian, which kind of surprised me, was the the fight scenes go on forever, which I think is a Disney thing. Because if you look at the uh, the franchise Pirates of the Caribbean, those fight scenes, they go on forever. It's like, okay, already. Can the bad guys just die and the good guys can go on? Yeah. So I am I might be through my science fiction phase. I got my Mandalorian badge. I watched two two full seasons over the weekend. It's only like the, the episodes are like 35 minutes long. Yeah, I was like, wow, not very long. And uh, so I... I got through that from starting, I think, last Thursday night. And, uh, yeah, I was not, a lot of it, I was not so impressed. I mean, I could see why people like the Mandalorian. And I like the little Yoda guy. And I think their interaction is pretty comical. Right? And um, so, yeah, just thought I'd update you on that. Another person in the news today, uh, if you haven't heard the... In one of probably his last public appearances, the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, announces that the third suspect is being charged in the 1988 Pan Am bombing, also known as the Lockerbie bombing. Um, and so, um, yeah, good for the good guys. Let's get that guy and uh, let's bring him to justice. So uh, the Attorney General, uh, probably in his last public appearance. Maybe not. We shall see. Um, but the other person that finds themselves in the eye of public scrutiny, and this is a report by the Associated Press, is now the head, right? of the White House, well, the coordinator of the White House coronavirus response. As COVID-19 cases skyrocketed before the Thanksgiving holiday, Dr. Deborah Burks, coordinator of the White House coronavirus response, warned Americans to be vigilant and limited celebrations to your immediate household. For many Americans, that guidance has been difficult to abide. The day after Thanksgiving, Dr. Burks traveled to one of her vacation properties on Fenwick Island in Delaware. She was accompanied by three generations of her families from two households. 
Burks, her husband, a daughter, son-in-law, and two young grandchildren were present. You know, I, and it just makes you wonder, what fucking, to quote Tony Zinni, and I'll modify the quote, what fucking planet does she live on? Where she stands up in front of the American people and lectures them and then fucking does the exact opposite. And you, and, and, and let me just tell you, just in case you don't know, people are clicking, you know, are getting ready to click off say. And we played some video of, uh, we played some video, what, a week ago? Longer than that? I'm waiting to hear from him. Um, but video of somebody clearly frustrated. Then I find out, right, that he's a Marine officer. <laughs> right? His name is Carlos Zapata. Right? And if you haven't, if you haven't heard it, here's the video. I was asked to speak here, you know, uh, Sheriff Garcia. Uh, I'm telling you guys, you know, I'm pretty appalled at what's going on. You know, at first we sat as a concerned. Now, I just want you to listen to the anger in his voice as a business owner. And then you're watching it. You're seeing the science number. Will Cosentini and I talked about it last week. The survival rate in Kansas, 99.4%. The survival rate, if you're above the age of, I think, 65, is 89.6. So essentially 90%. Right? And we've shut the... And in spite of all the all federal aid that got sent to uh, local governments, did we do things that would set us up for success, protect the most vulnerable? The answer to that, in my opinion, is no. This has been a, a colossal public policy failure. And so, and the card that gets played is, oh, we'll just shut everything down. We'll just shut everything down. Losing businesses, right? Losing homes, right? Across the nation. Things people have wor- destroyed savings accounts. And this is the public policy option people think is good. Citizens that we all want. So just listen to the anger in his voice. Want to figure out how to best navigate our way through this whole COVID thing, you know, and uh, as as we realize that it's not quite as dangerous as we thought it'd be, you know, I was absolutely appalled at the cowardice, you know. And as you're sitting there with your masks on, uh, I don't blame you for wearing masks because I'd be hiding my face too if I was you for what you're doing. It's absolutely horrendous what you're doing to these people. I'm a business owner, and uh, and I'm telling you, our families are starving. You know, you guys can sit here with your jobs. You can sit here, and you're gonna get paid. You can fall asleep in your chair like that gentleman's doing behind his mask right there. Okay. Uh, and I'm telling you right now that right now we're being peaceful and, and you better be happy that we're, we're good citizens, that we're peaceful citizens, but it's not going to be peaceful much longer. Okay. And this isn't a threat. I'm not a criminal. I've never been a criminal, but I'm telling you that good citizens are going to turn into real concerned and revolutionary citizens real soon. And nobody else is going to say that. I'm probably the only person that has a boss to say what I'm saying right now, that we're building, we're organizing and we'll work with law enforcement or without law enforcement. But you won't stop us when time comes because our families are starving. And if you don't hear the seriousness of my voice, I hope you open your ears and you absolutely listen to what I'm saying. Because this is a warning for what's coming. It's not going to be peaceful much longer. It's not going to be rah rah. It's not going to be speeches. It's not going to be gathering outside saying a pledge of allegiance. It's not going to be waving flags. It's going to be real. When you've seen the things that I've seen, I went to war for this country. I've seen the ugliest, dirtiest part of humanity. I've been in combat. And I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. 
If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. And there's a million people like me, and you won't stop us. Open the county. Let our citizens do what they need to do. Let owners of businesses do what they need to do to feed their families. Take the masks off. Quit masking and muzzling your children. The psychological damage you're doing to them is horrible. I've had six friends kill themselves since it's happened. Veterans who lost their jobs. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people. And you're a part of it by wearing your masks. In Shasta County, we're supposed to be red country up here. Not blue country, we're red country up here. You guys know that. I mean, you claim to be conservatives, maybe you're not, maybe you're liberals, I don't know. But by God, we're Americans, and remember that. Take your masks off, quit muzzling yourselves. Join us, fight with us against what's going on in Sacramento. It's a travesty, thanks. That anger reads this story, right? And the AP article goes on. Quote, to me, this disqualifies her from any future government health position, said Dr. Angela Rasmussen a virologist at Georgetown Center for Global Health Science and Security. It's a terrible message for someone in public health to be sending to the American people. Not somebody in public health. Somebody who is coordinating the White House response. After the Associated Press raised questions about her Thanksgiving weekend travels, Burks acknowledged in a statement that she went to Delaware. Okay, now, so this is, get, this is the next thing. This is getting the X-Acto knife out. And now we're going to explain to you, Rubes, right, why you're wrong. Because the rules don't really apply to us. And this kind of media attempt, right, to enforce the rules on me, not going to last. I enforce the rules on other people. Okay? Yeah. She insisted, right? Anyway, after the Associated Press raised questions about her Thanksgiving weekend travels, Burks acknowledged in a statement that she went to her Delaware property. She declined to be interviewed. She insisted the purpose of the roughly 50-hour visit was to deal with the winterization of the property before a potential sale. And so she, her daughter, son-in-law, and her grandsons and her husband all had to go do that. Right. 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 Given her position, this would have been the grown-up thing to say. Yeah, to her husband. Honey, it might be good if you did that. Okay. And if you need some help, you could call, you know, XYZ, son-in-law. Okay. But I can't go. I mean, clearly you understand. Oh, I do. Right. Quote. She insisted the purpose of the roughly 50-hour visit was to deal with the winterization before the potential property sale. Something she says she previously hadn't had time to do because of her busy schedule. What, is she the one that winterizes the cabin? Normally that's kind of a guy thing. Just saying, right? Quote, I did not go to Delaware for the purpose of celebrating Thanksgiving. Adding that she and her family did share a meal together while in Delaware. Hmm. Burke said that everyone in, on the Delaware trip belongs to her immediate household, even as she acknowledged they live in two separate homes. What? 
Yeah. So that's kind of bullshit that people are seeing now from yet somebody else. And so it goes. And and wait till we see like the nonsense as more politicians, you know, don't adhere to the rules they expect the American people to adhere to. Um yeah, it's uh it's disturbing to say the least, right? And I wish it was only disturbing. It's but it's you know, it's more of the same bullshit that we're all used to. Um all right. Let me let me check some news headlines. Grant, let me just tease the Grant Newsham interview. Um, uh, today with Grant, we're going to talk about uh, this Russian hack, right? And how do you um, how do you weaponize that, right? How do you weaponize that, right? So using um, Solar Winds software. All right, finding a flaw in that, using that as an entry point. Evidently, Russian intelligence, right, conducted either espionage or a cyber attack, right? Haven't heard, you know, what they would actually define it as. So when does that cross the line? When does that cross the line? Um, is there a line there? So anyway, we'll talk about, about that about Grant. And then we'll talk about Chinese influence. There's the Swalwell spy story. There's what they use that for, which is, according to uh, the director of national intelligence, he uses a a, a kind of a phrase to rob, replicate, and then replace. Okay. And then the influence operations all mask what the Chinese do. So rob, replicate, replace, what do they do? And I think the DNI used the... Uh, case of a of an air conditioning turbine manufacturer. So you want to do business in China, you're forced to have a Chinese partner give them your technology. Then what do they do? They replicate it in China under a wholly owned Chinese company, and then they compete with you around the world. And they replace you using their labor. So that's rob replicate and replace. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some interesting censorship that, you know, China now takes these things. They used to be done internally, and they now tell companies like Apple, you'll do them around the world. And uh, and I talk about, well, I'll ask Grant about something I saw on television. That is reporters who said, on your iPhone, when you're getting ready to send a text, click on attach an image thing. Right, and then type in G X I or Chairman G, and see what you come up with. Answer: Nothing. There won't be any memes. There won't be any um, characters, right? And if you to compare and contrast, put the word Trump in there and see what you come up with. Yeah, it's a total shit show. Nothing. You will get no images found. Think I'm bullshit and try. If you have a Samsung phone, do it, and you'll get a plethora. Samsung made in South Korea. You'll get a plethora of of things that come up under G or Chairman G. Right now, next is pumping Tiananmen in, in there. 
and see what you get. And so we'll talk to Grant about influence operations. And then uh, the Japanese have a new defense budget out. Uh, we'll talk to him about that. Uh, the French are in the South China Sea. We'll talk to him about that. So we'll get Grant's thoughts on that. And uh, so uh, you will enjoy that, I'm sure. Um, and uh, to the news we go. Top story in early bird, I'm sorry, in uh, Stars and Stripes. The Army extends more benefits to reservists on overseas tours as lawsuit over housing allowance continues. You know what that means? Slow news weekend. All right. Uh, next headline, USS John McCain trains with French and Japanese navies in the Philippine Sea. So that is in the news. Marines test drive new armored vehicles in the Japanese Alps. The Japanese Alps. Hmm. The Navy broke a record with the 13th transit through the Taiwan Strait this year. So congratulations to the United States Navy. Uh, soldiers in the United States Army landed a helicopter in Bavaria to aid a man injured in a car accident. Spotted it from the air. Landed their helicopter. Hmm. The Space Force troops are now called Guardians. Aren't we kind of brushing up against a little bit too much of that Star Wars nonsense? What, Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, come on. <laughs> come on. Can we back away from that a little bit, you think? Like, I know, everybody wants to be a space dork. But, what, 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 what? Guardian. Guardian first class? Okay. And so it happens. And so it happens. I'm not kidding you either. I, I'm swearing to God, right? I'm not kidding you. So, um, that in the news. Mike Pence making the announcement. Let me get to the story. Headline. Space Force troops are now called Guardians. The Vice President made that announcement on Fridays. Quote, it is my honor on behalf of the President to announce henceforth the men and women of the United States Space Force will be known as Guardians. Soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians will be defending our nations for generations to come. And, and then there's a gallery. The, the top slide. Heritage, mission, culture, guardians. A name chosen by space professionals for space professionals. <laughs> oh, you think they're going to take a little bit of shit for that? Maybe. Space Force has roughly 2,000 personnel right now, most of whom are transfers from the Air Force, though the service has recently started enlisting new recruits. Yeah, I don't... Uh, and to me, that's a whole pipeline maybe you don't need. That's why I think there's a pretty decent argument to, you know, to walk back the Space Force 
you can have a space force, but it's comprised of, comprised of people from the other branches of the service. You would go there either temporarily or maybe permanently, depending on an agreement between the services. Uh, looking to, to reach the number of 6,500. That's hardly a branch of the service that could enlist its own specific pipeline. So I don't understand how it hopes to enlist people. They don't have recruit training. They don't, I mean, you sign up in the Air Force, you go through Air Force boot camp, and then you become a guardian. All right. It's too funny, right? It's too funny. Uh, top story in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, futures uh, down this morning as a new strain of COVID that evidently emanated out of the United Kingdom uh, is on the move. So um, uh, countries from the European Union uh, have, uh, have ceased travel to the United to and from the United Kingdom because of this. So that is in the news. Um, so stocks are down. Seeing what this is. Um, uh, I mentioned a little bit ago, prosecutors uh, led by the Attorney General, probably making his last public appearance, uh, have unsealed a uh, additional charges against a third suspect in the Lockerbie bombing. Um, and uh, there's an opinion piece um, by Mike Gallagher, former Marine, Republican representative from Wisconsin, saying no more generals atop the Pentagon. So uh, that is in the news. Um, U.S. Naval Institute headline today. COVID-19 pandemic shows mariners are essential workers, according to experts. That is in the news today. There's a story from last week that bears, um, that I would, I would recommend to you, written by uh, Megan Eckstein. And um, headline is this, Sea Services, more assertive posture against China will require presence and strong alliances. And uh, you're seeing France, you know, with Japan and the United States. India's got to be there. Australia's got to be there. The Brits have to be there. And that really is an outward indication that, um, an outward indication of the, Free nations of the world, you know, intend to confront China on uh, um, across the board in terms of who will run the world, right? Will it be a Chinese-based order or will it be a rules-based order based on the world, the, the rules that have governed uh, the planet since World War II? All right, so that's the news. So Marine Corps Times.
Uh, nothing there significant. The NSTR, nothing significant to report. Yeah, how about that? Dropped out one on you on a Monday. Top five stories in early bird. And then Grant Newsom's going to join us here. Uh, number one, the military is scrambling to understand the aviation crash risk from a new 5G sale. As part of a broader move to boost the 5G industry in the United States, the Federal Communications Commission on December 8th began auctioning portions of C-band electromagnetic spectrum, a move the committee's chair, Asia Pai, celebrated as a big day for American consumers and leadership in 5G. But in the weeks leading up to the auction, more than a dozen, dozen commercial aviation groups warned the sale could, as one study put it, lead to catastrophic failures with potential for multiple fatalities. At the core of the concern are radar altimeters, a critical piece of aviation technology used by military, commercial, and civil aircraft of all types, including helicopters and unmanned aerial systems, to measure the distance between the aircraft and the ground. The aviation groups worry that 5G operations on the spectrum sold by the FCC could cause interference that would provide inaccurate readings on altimeters. So, aviators, up in arms. Number two, Congress seals an agreement on COVID relief and government funding. So there was a stopgap signed, I think, Saturday, and then supposedly late yesterday afternoon they came to a agreement. We will hear more of it today, I'm sure. Number three, Space Force members finally get a name, Guardians. That sounds silly to me, honestly. Guardians. We have soldiers, we have sailors, we have airmen. We have Guardians. Yeah, it's too, too Star Wars to me. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Number four, Pentagon memo maps out a plan to expand diversity in the force. Some of the Associated Press. The Pentagon has endorsed a new slate of initiatives to expand diversity within the ranks and reduce prejudice, calling for more aggressive efforts to recruit, train, and promote a more racially and ethnically diverse force, the Associated Press learned today. You know, this would be very interesting because, as I said, you know, uh, if you look at the Marine Corps numbers, at the high end of the enlisted side of the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps is 40% black and Hispanic, which is 10% more than the Marine Corps, than it is in the population. Right? So, I'm not sure we can be more representative there. On the officer side, I think what you're going to have to come to grips with is the fact that how competitive it is at the high end for people that would rise to the rank of general officers. So when you're looking for a high-end conformist that's a minority, that's a competitive event, right? The same high-end conformists that become general, general officers. That's a competitive event. And you're going to have to you know, fund those things when they have a lot of better offers. Um, 15 broad recommendations that include a plan to crack down on participation in hate groups by service members, draft proposals, changes to the 
UCMJ. Um, I'll be very curious to see this stuff, right? I don't think the, the, the UCMJ needs to be changed, all right? And if people are looking the other way, then, then they should be fired. I think most units have all the tools that they need to get people out that are participating in things that are, that, you know, certainly the general article, conduct unbecoming, right? Uh, number five, rockets fired at Baghdad's green zone is a terrorist act, according to the Iraqis. Uh, and most importantly, it undermines Iraq's international reputation, uh, their president has said. Rockets also fired at Bagram Air Base in Iraq. Bagram is in Afghanistan, just for the record. Right, rockets fired there, and uh, no injuries are reported. Uh, U.S. troops are leaving Somalia and elsewhere in East Africa, according to AFRICOM. Uh, the USS Herschel Woody Williams is helping with uh, the movement of troops from Somalia to other places. China is tailing U.S. warships as they sail through the Taiwan Strait. This is something the Russians did forever when we get up near the Kamchatka Peninsula off the coast of uh, Korea, you would uh, you would have a Russian signal intelligence ship off one side and a frigate destroyer off the other side. Yeah, they just they would the the EW ship, the electronic warfare ship, would be recording your electromagnetic signature, and the destroyer would be um, the destroyer would be just there for you know, security purposes, to let you know that they know that you know that they know that you know. Um, and then there's the general plethora of COVID stories. Six more people have the disease that has killed, I think, three on active duty since its inception. Three out of 1.3 million you know, in, in relative to the military, you'd be far better off banning motorcycles if you wanted to save lives and all this hoopla of COVID. I wondered in the same period of time how many people have died, how many, you know, members of the DOD have died in motorcycle accidents, how many amputees have been created uh, in the last year, and your time and money much better spent. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. All right. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm headed out, but Grant Newsham is next. Don't touch that dial. It's a really good interview, too, by the way. Um, the influence operation and what, Chinese, what China does is really interesting. So it's always interesting to talk to Grant about that. And, I, and at some point, I ask him, what odds do you give that the nations of the free world will wake up in time not to hand order and discipline over to the Chinese? Do you think that will happen? Or will Wall Street win and then in its effort to make a buck hand over a rules-based order to the Chinese? 
Anyway, don't touch that dial. Grant Newsham joins us next here on a Monday edition of All Marine Radio, right here on your home for it, the All Warrior Radio Network.